0: I didn't put, like during the trailer, I didn't put two and two together, right? Or one and one together to make two. I don't, I don't, why, why is it two and two? I don't understand that saying. Um, anyways. Okay,
1: yeah, I don't know. Two plus two being four is like the simplest thing. One plus one is two. I don't know why everybody just skips that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you, you always use two and two together to, to say you took one thing and put it with another thing. And then <laughs> it, it's... Anyways, <laughs> back to my point. hello everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler the Warning Podcast. This is review number 428 with our review of Christine. I'm Chris Kriishnazy and I'm Steven Miller. If you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler the Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show we're going to dive in debate, discuss and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week we're talking about a little film. Uh, I don't think it's a quite a wide release, but uh, you may be able to see it in theaters. It is Christine. Um, how you doing this fine weekend, Mr. Stephen Miller?
1: Eh, not too bad. I've been actually sick with a fever the past few days, but I still made it out to watch a couple movies because, without the spoiler warning, what am I?
0: <laughs> you know, just a bunch of other things. <laughs> yeah, just a couple other things. Um, but uh, how are, are you doing? Are, 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 I'm I'm doing all, all right. Uh, it's been it's been a quite a lazy morning for me. Um, but and people don't know this could be like we could be recording at 9 a.m. So maybe. The fact that I haven't showered or anything yet doesn't really mean anything.
1: Hey, I haven't showered either. I, I wonder if they can tell that we're doing afternoon recordings again instead of the nighttime recording. Like, do we sound more alive, more vibrant?
0: Possibly. Or just, um, we, we might just sound less showered, though. That's true. <laughs> Which I, you can, I you that. can hear the dandruff <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> scratching off my head.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh. But uh, yeah. So yeah. As we're getting ready to talk about this film, Christine, um, we have to answer one question before we start this episode, and that is, do we, do we just go full spoiler for like? Because because to me, this is a conversation that you mm-hmm. and I had before we even went and saw this movie. Is is that, to me, hiding the eventuality of what this film is doing is stupid because the elevator pitch of this film is, is the eventuality of it. Right. Like going into the film, I was like, well, I am trying to watch a narrative that builds me to a moment. Um, But like, if you look at the description on IMDB, it just says like the life uh, or, you know, it just says the story of Christine, whatever her name was. Um, Yeah. Chubbuck. Um, And so, so clearly by the way, the trailers edited, And then the way the description is on IMDb, people want the eventuality of this film to be a surprise.
1: But, but they can't, I I can't imagine people going to see this film without knowing what is going to happen in the movie. I certainly, when I heard about it, uh, I was listening to film spotting and them anticipating the movie and they revealed immediately what the movie was about, Yeah. um, i I just feel like, like you said, that is the elevator pitch, so I would be inclined to go full spoiler on this movie because i don 't i don't know how to compliment or criticize it if i 'm not allowed to talk about the truth behind the story
0: yes um, well that's fair i mean that, that obviously that was the position that I was in. Also, I just wanted your approval, Stephen, to go ahead and just lay this spoiler warning out from the beginning. Um, if you're listening to this and you plan on seeing this film and you don't know anything about the story surrounding it, we are just going to assume that everybody watching this film is okay with knowing <laughs> where, where this film is building towards. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, just, just just know that up front. We're going to do that. Um, so yeah, um, what do you say we get into this episode then, Stephen? Sure. Cool. Let's take a listen to the trailer for Christine and then come back and let you know what we thought. Everybody. Uh, this is my friend, Christine. Hi, Christine. I'm a reporter at WZRB and I'm always on the lookout for positive human interest stories.
1: Here we go, folks. This is my first strawberry of the season. Yeah, that's juicy. We're going to play a little exercise called Yes, But.
0: I really wish that I could get a job promotion. Why don't you ask for one? Yes, but they say I have to do different work. We need higher ratings. If it bleeds, it leads. This is totally
1: at odds with the work that I've been doing. It's exploitative. Why don't you try a compromise? Yes,
0: but then I won't be doing the work that I love. Why not try to get me something like this? So
1: what, get some footage of some fat people burning in a car crash? Jesus
0: Christ, I... just make your stories juicy. Why don't you do different work? Yes, but if I do different work, then I won't be doing the work with the man that I love. Good evening, Sarasota. I'm George Ryan. Christine, you and I have been working together for over a year now, and we've never gone out and have a drink together. Well, you've never asked me. You're not always the most approachable person.
1: Why don't you adjust your thinking? Christine, this isn't the start of one of your moods, is it? Have you seen the flowers? They're fake! It sums up the whole operation! Christine, go home! These people are ruining me! These people... that seem okay? Maybe you can get us some footage of the chickens having sex so people can see how the eggs are really made. (laughs) That's a joke.
0: What is this? What are you doing? I've just been thinking a lot about your idea of uh, sensationalizing the news.
1: I'm agreeing with you.
0: And now, let's kick it over to
1: Christine Chubbuck.
0: Thank you, George. In keeping with the WZRB policy, complete reports of local blood and guts. TV 30 presents what is believed to be a television first. So that was the trailer for Christine. Um, this film covers the last few days in the lives uh, or the life of Christine Chubbuck, right? Is that, am I saying it correctly? I think so. Okay. Well, uh, basically, this is a woman. Uh, she was a news reporter who shot herself on air. Spoilers. Um, so we are seeing the. In, this film will take place in the last few days of her life leading up to this event. Um, so, Stephen you said that you were listening to this on film spotting and they were excited for the film. So obviously you were excited going in. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of this film?
1: Well, first, I think I need to have a sip of the first coffee of the morning. It's good. It's fresh. <laughs> That's the only reference I could think of to this movie. Oh, gotcha. Um, <laughs> I do not even remember that as a reference for the movie. <laughs> she, she's having the first strawberry of the season. Oh, uh,
0: yes. Good call.
1: Uh, but yeah, so what can I say about about this movie? I, I was very excited about the the idea of the film. Right, the elevator pitch. Probably you thought the same thing. It, it, it sounds like a Nightcrawler type movie, and I think the trailer tries to paint it this way, where this is about a person who has lived in the news game for so long that the if it bleeds it leads type mentality has seeped into her to the point where she takes it to its quote logical conclusion right i i think if that isn't the actual narrative of the film that's at least the narrative the trailer wants to lead you on for the film yeah I, and and that story definitely interested me i i mean the fact that that could be a true story was mind blowing um literally and, yeah <laughs> that that is isn't poor taste <laughs> yeah, i'm sorry <laughs> uh, but but so here here's the thing this this is not that film right what i got instead was a very strange complicated darkly funny film that is about a a woman suffering a very particular form of depression who latches onto her work and cannot find fulfillment in it and then chooses to end her life. Like, in any way to paint this as a sort of Nightcrawler-esque look-the-business-is-the-thing-that-ruined-you thriller I think just falls on its face. I, I don't think this movie supports that. This movie is about her... With a pre-existing depression, working through that depression. What <laughs> would you agree
0: with that uh, synopsis? Yeah, I mean the the film the film definitely gives us that. And one of my complaints about the film, which we'll get into later, is is that we're simply told that she's had a pre-existing condition of this, mm-hmm. and I don't necessarily buy that the film sold me on that until the right. end. Right. <laughs> right. So. So
1: right off the bat, I would say the type of film I was excited for is not the type of film I got. Because for better or worse, this is just a different story than the one I was expecting. Um, And so instead, having this kind of darkly comedic, I I think it's fair to say this is a somewhat black comedy of a film um, movie about the true suicide of a real person in the 70s. It's just, it's very odd, right? I, I don't really know how to feel about it. So ignoring for a second that it's a true story and the kind of ethical concerns I have, I actually enjoyed this quite a bit for what it was, um, which was a very specific look at a type of depression that I have never experienced, but I've definitely known people who fit this bill, Uh and there i think it's 100% anchored by rebecca hall um i think she does a phenomenal job with a very complicated character uh, peeling back the layers where she has to be many things at once she has to be she has to be very smart and capable capable enough to be hired by a a, a news organization she also has to be socially clumsy but self-aware of the fact that she's socially clumsy she has to be sarcastic but beneath the sarcasm, she also has to be this kind of naive, childlike girl who has actual emotional problems that she's never dealt with. So she has like five layers in any conversation that she has to juggle. Uh, so I think she does a very good job of that. And just the mystery of, of who she is and what makes her tick was enough to make this film worth seeing for me. At the same time, I, I didn't feel like they really showed me a deeper angle to the story like the the shallow thing that i think the movie is trying to get away from is what the media did after the actual death of christine chubbuck which is say this is a person who she was a lonely uh you know old maid right she never she never had sex and she never got married and so she was depressed so she ended her life (laughs) that's like the the reductive thing that people were saying yeah and the What's weird is this movie doesn't. It, it gives me a character that's more nuanced, but it doesn't give me anything deeper to latch onto. Like, at her heart, she is this very naive, uh childlike person who, when she's finally able to have a date, it seems like prom night for the first time. And the, the film kind of does paint it as being that shallow, where she just was excited for one night and then it fell apart. And. I don't know that that piled with this if it bleeds it leads kind of uh tease that they do in the trailer where they pretend it's going to be about that and then it's actually just about mental illness uh, it it makes me feel weird about this film like it, it feels irresponsible somewhat like it took an actual person's life and it turned it into a darkly funny look at a very specific mental illness that I feel like they could never have had the access to actually know if this is true or not. Yeah. And I, I don't know, it It just makes it very muddy. I, I really enjoyed watching it. If I believed it to be a fiction, I think I would wholeheartedly enjoy this film. But knowing it's a true story makes me feel like they they hit a very bizarre middle ground, making light of something that isn't funny but not showing me a deeper angle with this more fictionalized account.
0: Yeah, well, so, so, so two points to kind of run those two things together. Um, actually, they're technically not running together, but maybe two explanations for that. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. First off, it is possible, um, going back to our question at the beginning of the episode, is if the filmmakers wanted you to see this film without you knowing where it was going, then the attempts to make it darkly funny are potentially some sort of misdirection, so that when mm-hmm. the shooting does happen, it's more of a surprise like, oh my God, like that just happened. Um, so by lightening the tone and kind of trying to have fun with the awkwardness and the, the, uh, depression-related things that are happening earlier on, maybe that's just all trying to put you at ease so that when the moment happens, you're caught off guard so much that it makes the impact of that as much as it was for potentially the people that she worked with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, whether or not that's a responsible thing to do, that could be the artistic decision in that. Um, I also may be giving too much credit, to. <laughs> sure. I, I, I would uh, say your favorite ending maybe counters that. <laughs> <But>. <laughs> true, true, true. Um, but uh, so the, the second point about um, it not really going deep enough into the story, this this may, we may, might be able to chalk this up just, just to, that's the problem when you try to make a story from the point of somebody who surprised everybody with their actions, you you have no insight into the truth behind why they did those things. All you can do is try to, like, Reddit-style piece together these little mm-hmm. pieces of facts you have from, you know, back... It wasn't like they could crawl her Facebook page, right? Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't a the thing they could do. So it was really just piecing together these little moments from the people that knew her and what everybody could see about her to try to make conclusions. And this film has to try to create a narrative, um surrounding very very little information and that might just be something that's impossible to do like it might just be impossible to make a really compelling biopic about a character when you know so little about them other than a few kind of facts about the scenario surrounding them Mm -hmm. so i I don't know like the the, those are just kind of things that i was kind of chewing through in my head as you were making those two points
1: yeah i I think both of those are fair it's just if you are going to tack on a project like this, I, I'm fine with fictionalizing. Look, I, I'm completely fine with biopics making making stuff up or getting inside the head of a character that they can't get inside the head of. Like the imitation game, for all I know, that was 95% complete bullshit, right? Um, yeah, yeah. But it, it, it was 95% bullshit in honor to a person. And here, the difference is the the portrait of her is not necessarily honoring to her right it's trying to be grittily realistic to the point of being funny and and that i guess is where i i trip up a little bit if if you're going to theorize i would rather theorize in deference to the person being more nuanced or more capable than we thought not yeah. not less yeah I, anyway, anyway I, what? <laughs> go ahead sorry I, I was just gonna ask what you thought of the film before we got more into uh
0: into the details yeah so i like you i had heard about this film's existence um i was aware it was coming but when we saw the trailer before we saw captain fantastic right mm-hmm. um i i didn't put like during the trailer i didn't put Two and two together, right? Or one and one together to make two. I don't, I don't, why, why is it two and two? I don't understand that saying. Um, anyways. Okay, yeah, I don't know. Two plus two being four is like the simplest thing. One
1: plus one is two. I don't know why everybody just skips that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you, you always use two and two together to, to say you took one thing and put it with another thing. And then <laughs> it, it's... Anyways. <laughs> Back to my point. Um... So I, I didn't I didn't put together that this was that film, Christine. So so we're, we're watching it and I kind of leaned over and I had made some like reference to like, oh, somebody made a shitty version of Nightcrawler or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you turned back to me and you're like, this is that movie about the <laughs> reporter who killed herself on air. Yeah. And I was like, oh, now I want to see this movie. Like the trailer itself didn't make me really compelled about seeing it right it was just mm-hmm. oh now that this is a property that I've heard about that I heard some good chatter around I'm, I'm more interested in seeing what it was so I walked into it being curiously optimistic uh, not not being something that like yeah I'm like excited for this like really gripping tale um, and I think that you know the, the things I enjoyed about it are scenes with the characters interacting and you know the back and forth and like the darkly comedic stuff in it was enjoyable. Like during the course of the film, I I enjoyed watching it, but I, I think the narrative, you know, part of it part of it is it bothers me because of the things you brought up. Like, you know, they're they're treating this character in a way but they have no knowledge about their background. They're sort of just coming up with facts to define who they are. Um but I think more the the real problem for me is just, like it's sort of my same complaint about flight and about Sully, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's what you sold me is in, in those cases, it, it was, you you were selling me on the investigation surrounding a person who averted a horrible accident. Right. And mm-hmm. the, the films are, those films are, are sort of juxtaposing the pilot saving lives with the pilot endangering lives. So this film sort of sold me on this story about how, a a system of people trying to get ratings and a person who wants to tell gripping like truly important news stories versus being told to um, do the if it bleeds it leads type of stuff like how that would drive a person to an act that is so tragic and I guess the first problem that this film uh, has is that Sure. We see Christine working on these stories about, uh, you know, oil pipes, whatever. I I, I don't even remember. Like, it was it like railroads or oil? See, that's the thing is I don't even remember what, what her big, like, gripping news stories uh, I were. think
1: it was zoning laws and how, like, a particular county line being shifted
0: would put a pipe in one place versus another. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so... So she she has these important stories she wants to tell, right? You know, like w- w- we open on her pretending to interview Nixon, right? Mm-hmm. Um so you y- you we do get that she's this person who has these aspirations and like wa- wants to tell stories that will actually be important to people. Like she wants to have a legacy that is important to to news and important to the world and and just has these big dreams. But we don't see it's not like we see her doing good journalism and then doing gotcha journalism or doing good journalism and then reporting on things that are shocking. We see her as you were making the joke, like biting into the fresh strawberry from the first strawberry of the season, or, you know, like talking to local people selling, whatever. So Mm. it's, so there's really three things. There is useless news stories. There are the things she wants to do. And then there is her boss saying like, no, we need to increase ratings. Like, Doing the useless news stories doesn't increase ratings either. So it's weird that they're still doing those type of reporting, right? So mm-hmm. I, I guess I don't this isn't we don't we don't see a progression of somebody who is trying to do truly gripping news and then being forced to do bad news and eventually that that drives them crazy, right? Then yeah. then there's also the fact that like what you brought up, like we 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 get peppered in throughout this like couple of day narrative the fact that she had another instance uh, or she had an incident in another place that we don't actually get to find out what it was, but she just had some sort of breakdown. And the reason she's working for the current network is because she had to leave that place and this is where she landed, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, to me, I felt like I was watching just an awkward person. I mean, <laughs> there are awkward things about me, right? Like I, yeah. I, when I see a story of a person who has social difficulties i don't think crazy person right i just think normal human being (laughs) so right while i can sympathize with her feeling awkward and doing things i don't feel like the while rebecca hall's great at what she's being given to do like she translates what she was asked to do very very proficiently and she does a great job at that but i just don't think the decision to do those things really gives me any sort of look into who she is like when we watch nightcrawler Mm -hmm. like we knew he had problems from the moment we see him on screen right like he's more than just socially awkward he's like you just feel that he's unstable and he's dangerous and as things start to get crazy you can totally see how in his mind he doesn't understand the choices he's doing are bad right right (laughs) um and we never really see that with uh, the character of Christine, we kind of just see her angry at her bosses and longing for this other person that she works with. And I, I guess
1: part of it is uh in in Nightcrawler, uh Jake Gyllenhaal has what I think the accountant has showed us is an easier illness to put on screen, right? Like <laughs> yeah. this, this kind of uh, autism spectrum type of thing where the person is numb and commits wholly to something even if they point in the wrong direction. Uh and I guess what Christine has, which is more of a emotional, you know, bipolar disorder, it it's harder to look at that and understand the degree to which it drives anything, right? It it, it isn't as easy to define, I guess, as this
0: like nightcrawler syndrome. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's true. But I guess I just feel because 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 this doesn't feel like uh the type of bio flick where we have A lot of a person's life to view and and gain knowledge of who they are. We're sort of like watching somebody who's fine and then one day they're not fine. Right. And Mm -hmm. I guess I to me I don't see the jump the and like I I want to keep saying character because I know this is a real life person who made a real life decision that was tragic, but like I don't buy that the inciting event was enough to push them in this place like so let's let's take just the narrative throw everything about truth out of the way just this narrative if she wouldn't have been doing the story about the guy who was like fixing guns for the local police force would she have slit her throat on air like like Mm -hmm. i it just seems like well she was doing a story about a guy who would give her a gun with no serial number on it but it's like if she was going like She wasn't going to shoot somebody else. She was just going to shoot herself. So it really didn't matter where she got, she could get the gun from anywhere. Right. (laughs) Like it, it just.
1: Right. Nothing totally added up. Uh, The the one thing uh, you were, you, you mentioned a few things here. One of them was that the, the thing it promised you this, if it bleeds, it leads driving a person to such a tragedy yeah. didn't really pay off, which was one of my big issues, too. If I throw away the truth of the narrative, I can atle- I can kind of see what the director was going for, maybe, which was using Christine and her suicide as a device to talk about other issues. Uh, in this case, a few issues feeding into her. One would be this cheapening of the news that doesn't fulfill a more intellectually per uh, curious person the other would probably be uh this heavy sexism that you know it's the 70s in the news right we've all seen anchorman um yeah. that, that just drips into this right where it's a woman in a man's world and even if the guy is doing vapid reporting uh and she is trying to do something very deep and compelling the powers that be will always choose the pretty face over the more difficult woman, right? And her sarcasm and her mental illness and everything would kind of fall into that category of things that don't hurt your ability to do the work, but hurt your ability to be cute and charming while you do it. Yeah. Um, the and and I'm I'm fine with the film using those things. Uh, if it did, then I think dark humor is maybe the right tone for it. But adding back in the true story now I feel very conflicted if it used the actual suicide of a person as a springboard to theorize about social issues in the seventies. Right. Yeah. That that feels like a kind of cheap Hollywood trick in my mind.
0: Yeah. I mean, especially considering all we have is basically the quote she read on air and then the quote she left for the person who would theoretically take over for her after it happened. Um, Mm -hmm that's really the only true piece of history we have. Right. Yeah. Um, and really we're just the filmmakers or I guess the writer of the story in general is trying to extrapolate from those two lines, her motivation for doing everything.
1: Yeah. And and that, that can still work well too. Like I've I've brought this up multiple times. I think one of my favorite short stories is good old neon by David Foster Wallace. And the whole conceit of that story, this is kind of a spoiler, but no one will care if they read it. Um, is it is describing the process of a person who will kill themselves. But by the end you realize it is actually the, the author completely projecting what would have made him do it. If he had been in that person's shoes, Yeah, like it, it very quickly becomes a fiction because it's clear that uh, there is no actual truth in it. It's just the person using this guy's death as a way to untangle their own demons. But, but this movie isn't personal enough to do that either. Like, I have no idea what the, the screenwriter or the director is grappling with here. It, they make it very specific to her own mental illness and her own complicated way of reacting to the world. Yeah. I also, maybe part of the dark humor just comes from the fact that it's a period piece set in the 70s. And I think I mentioned this before, but it seems like every movie that's set in the 70s is made to look like it was filmed in the 70s, too. <laughs> like, it always has this kind of muted muted color palette and a kind of droll visual style. Uh, I mean, in the last year, I'm thinking of, like, Pawn Sacrifice or Inherent Vice, uh, yeah, the nice yeah. guys was obviously comedically doing this, but it, you know it, it's the same thing. That, like we've kind of decided that the '70s is a very funny, ironic time <laughs> in, in our culture. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe just the fact that this movie even steered into that and decided to make it be ultra '70s, like, uh, like her boss uh, Tracy Letts, who plays this exact same character everywhere, including yeah, every, in, uh, every movie, movie he's ever been in. <laughs> including this new show, Divorce, which is actually pretty funny. Um, But, but like, all the men in this movie are basically just 70s assholes of of different varieties. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It it, it kind of feels like a, a screenwriter or a director who are too in love with the period aspects of it, like the humor of the 70s and making everything look right. It's just hard to tell a serious story when you're spending so much screen time... Establishing this kind of droll, dim, ironic world that the characters live in. Yeah, I mean, any any last thoughts to say about the film? I uh, I was happy to see Timothy Simmons
0: uh, see Jonah doing Jonah again somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> That's always fun. It is funny, just like how how Jonah he is. Like he's like Jonah if Jonah wasn't purposely being an asshole, but he was still kind of like. He like, he can't stop the mannerisms as he acts, right? Like his Mm -hmm. character was nicer than Jonah is, but he's still like, he he can't not be Jonah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, The only other thought is that uh, there's one scene toward the end of the film that does, I think, the best job of anything in the movie of motivating why she might have done what she did. And even though the rest of the film undercuts that, I think that scene alone has enough power to recommend it. So there are a few pretty powerful
0: moments in the movie. It's, it's where she's talking to a character we hadn't seen before she's talking to her. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's my non-spoilery way of identifying it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that scene is great. And I think that's the first time that the film really made me kind of feel the motivations as well. Like, it, it was sort of like a thing where I'm like, all right, um, now I'm back on the path. <laughs> but But yeah, I think it just sort of has that and then goes on and does its own thing after that. And you kind of lose the goodwill that scene earned by just going back to what the rest of the film was already. Right. Cool. Well, uh, what do you say we get to verdicts for this then? Yeah. All right, Steven, if you're going to give this a must see, a reckon with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat or a must avoid, what would you give it?
1: I'm going to give it a recommend with a caveat because I truly believe if I could separate myself from the truth of the story and just take it as a work of filmmaking, I think I would enjoy it tremendously. Uh, I can't get over how good Rebecca Hall is here. I I know maybe you disagree on degree, but I think for what she was asked to do, she does a really, really impressive, uh, meaty performance that... I would be surprised if at Oscar season, nobody mentions her. Uh, So just getting to watch her do that and make her character go through a variety of situations and handle the nuances of this very, very strange, uh, twisting and turning uh, person, I I think that's worth watching. and worth celebrating it's only if you can like turn off your the part of your brain that knows that this was a real human who died i think the movie has a lot to offer and i can't really blame her for the way the director chose to wield her so giving giving it a recommend with a caveat just on the strength of her performance but ethically the caveat is i have
0: a lot of trouble with what the movie was trying to do yeah um, yeah, I, 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 don't disagree to the level of her performance. I just disagree to the reason she like had to give that performance. Like she does, she does well with what she was told to do, but I think what she was told to do is not necessarily the, the greatest way to tell this story. I, I don't know. It's, it's a complicated thought, but I'm, I'm going to give it just a, uh, recommend her, or no, sorry. I'm going to give it a wait for rental. Um, I ultimately don't think it's a story that sticks with me. It's mostly a thing that like people are probably going to be talking about it and her performance is great. So if you want to check it out and you want to be part of that conversation, then it's worth seeking out on some sort of rental medium. But it's one that like for me, it just it didn't really, um, it didn't really succeed on a level that... I would want from a story of this type.
1: But, uh, yeah, yeah. I it, This actually made me just think of another movie that I know Carson <laughs> would make fun of me for liking. Uh, but as far as movies about depression that basically just put you through depression <laughs> for hours, I would say Two Days, One Night is a much stronger entry into the genre than this is. So if you want something that like doesn't make depression funny but also makes it very kind of slow and painful like this movie does in a
0: few scenes, then I would, I would check that one out instead. Gotcha. Cool. Well, I think that is going to bring us to the end of this episode of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Stephen, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that?
1: Uh, you can find me at twitter.com
0: slash sdavidmiller or s sdavidmiller.com. You can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at the SpoilerWarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. Um, if you want to know when the episodes go live, you can follow us at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning or like us at Facebook.com slash The SpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, um, you can send an email to fans at the or you can use the contact form on our site. Um, yeah, that is this review. We are going to head out. And then by head out, we just mean hit stop on the recording and then hit, hit re-record the so that we can. Get you. <laughs> come wet? Um we are going to bring you a review of Inferno, because we know your loins are burning for that review. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so The perfect
1: chaser to Christine. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
0: So hopefully you will you you have hopefully you have enjoyed this episode and hopefully you will enjoy the Inferno review because it may, it may end up being great, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I don't know. We're gonna leave you a trail, <laughs> and if you follow the clues, you can find that review. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me, and we will see you guys in a moment. Bye.